Even when you try to maintain a healthy diet, it can be tough to get all of the nutrients you need for long-term health. Care of makes it super easy and even fun to figure out what vitamins and supplements are best for your diet and lifestyle. Go to takecareof.com and take a short quiz to get your personalized vitamin recommendation. Use offer code AMR at checkout for 50% off your first month of vitamins. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. And this is Dimity in Denver. And I want to know, Sarah, where did you just come from? I just came from field day with the twins. I didn't, unfortunately, uh, big sis Phoebe was doing it at the same time we were recording the podcast. But um, yes, so this morning while I was exercising, I thought I am going to go volunteer for field day. So I got stationed at the field day is so different these days at the kids school. They do it on blacktop, not on an actual field. So there's no grass. Although I guess so... There was there. I take that back. There was a lower field, and kids were doing tug of war and a few other kind of more traditional things. But I was stationed on the blacktop at the pick up marbles with your toe in a kitty wading pool station. <laughs> and, and, we're building barefoot runners, right, or something is. like that. And you would, you damn, you would have been dying. I was told there are kids who are really good at. It. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so awesome! You can spread your toes so wide. I was like, that's going to serve you well later in life when you want to do yoga. and and then also i was a total rule follower because some kids were making it so that they were pushing they were clever they were pushing their feet together and you know kind of scooping up large quantities of the marbles and i'm like "Eh, eh, eh. no 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 you have to be monkeys and make it so your toes are like fingers and i would seriously say no it doesn't count you cheated and i'm like oh my gosh (laughs) so first graders you you put them in line what's so funny and how do you cheer it on you're like Go, 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 go with your toes. Like, get the marbles in there. You know, it's not, it doesn't quite have the same, like, intensity of, like, a, you know, a 50-meter dash or something, oh, yeah, right? no. It was, it was, oh, good job. You got a lot with that grab. And <laughs> it, was just, it was ridiculous. You got a lot with that grab. Oh, that's so funny. Well, uh, well it's great you brought up yoga because we have um, the expert today from um, Train Like a Mother who is the downward dog like this mother. She's kind of our hero, I have to say, don't you think? I would say so, yeah. Yeah. And so I am so excited to introduce our next guest, who is an amazing woman um, who gets it all done uh, because she's got that great tree pose that helps her stay in balance. Um, we've got Sage Roundtree here, who is um, most recently the, go- the author of The Runner's Guide to Yoga, published by Velo Press. She is a writer for Runner's World and Yoga Journal. She is a triathlon coach. She is a yoga instructor and a yogini, I think is the correct terminology, but I, I may be wrong there. Um, and you're a running coach too, aren't you, Sage? That's right. I have a number of people who do running and ultra marathoning. Wow. Wow. And so you've got a lot of time in the day, huh? A lot of Lots. time to talk to us right now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm and, happy to be sitting down and talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> and you have some uh, kids at school, don't you, right now? I do. They're 8 and 11, and they're going to be walking themselves home from school any minute here. Sweet, sweet. Well, we'll be quick. Well, um, well so, and the other reason why I wanted to have you on is because I've started to follow your Half Ironman training program, which is available on Training Peaks. Is that, is that correct? Yes. I want to yeah. know how it's feeling for you. <laughs> it is feeling hard, actually. Well, so <laughs> I, I've kind of done a couple weeks, and I haven't committed to signing up for the race yet, just because... I just wanted to see if I could handle the training, my body could handle the training before I, you know, committed and then felt crappy about myself because I 
because I wasn't going to get across the finish line. Right. Um, so, um, so it's good. And when, what, what's cool is that, um, is that you have um, three times a week, you have us doing like 20 minutes of various yoga postures. Some are kind of more intense and built for, for building strength. And some, like my absolute favorite is um, legs up against the wall for recovery. <laughs> I knew you were right? going to say that. I could tell. <laughs> I heard it coming. I'm like, I will lie here for 20 minutes, no problem. My legs up the wall. As Sage told me to. Um, but but I like that, that it's um it's a nice little, uh, just a chunk. And it's 20 minutes. It's not committing to a whole class. But I'm sure there's some benefits of going to an hour-long class. So can you kind of talk about what, you know, when you recommend taking a class and when you recommend doing some yoga at home? Absolutely. And we can imagine a perfect world in which, Everybody would have access to a studio with an understanding and sympathetic teacher. Um, but even right there is a big barrier for a lot of folks getting to a class with a teacher who isn't going to be either too hard or so easy that it seems boring. And I could go off on that because it's really not that the class is boring. It's that the student is having problems focusing and letting go and receiving the benefits of not working so hard. But to stick to my main point, um, just simply having that is a real luxury. So some folks won't even have that. But if that is an option for you to find a class that suits your energy needs, getting to that maybe once a week is really nice because you get new details on the poses, maybe a few different alignment cues that help you feel the pose in a different way. You're probably encouraged to stay in the things that you don't like a little bit longer than you might. And, uh, get to do some things that you would never even think of doing. Uh, so that's really nice. It kind of refreshes your vocabulary of yoga practice to go to a class and be around other people. But then the real magic happens when you're consistent and you do even just a little bit every day because at home you get to do the poses that you do love and to stay in them as long as you like because the class isn't moving on without you. Or to skip the things that hurt and that happen in class but don't feel good in your body and that really aren't the best choices for you. You triangle. get to that, that, that would be triangle for me. Triangle never hurts. Get myself oh. between, it doesn't hurt. I could just never get myself between those two plates of glass. I mean, I feel like I'm, you know, the size of the Empire State Building, you know, when they <laughs> I think you should break out of the panes of glass, break the glass. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, and let your top hip roll forward and down. And that makes a really nice hip stretch, too. So that's something you can play with at home. If you play with it in class, you may look like a renegade. But you need to do what's best She's in your such body. a renegade. Ah, uh, rebel dimity. Oh, I, I actually want to back up. I mean, you two sound like you know you're all cozy with all these yoga phrases and everything. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I think it's been maybe more than a decade since I've done. Oh wait, I take it back. I used to do. I went to class a couple for maybe a few months. Uh, yoga for runners class. But in general, I haven't done yoga in over a decade. So like even why should, should runners be doing yoga? Why should runners be doing yoga? You know, give me the sell job on it, Sage. Okay. The overarching theme here is to find balance in your body and in your life. And most generally yoga can help you to achieve that elusive sense of balance in your life, the balance between the times when you are running and the times when you are not running, the times when you're working and the times when you're not working physically with your body, the times when you're doing stuff and the times when you're just kind of being still and just being. Um, so it's really good for 
building a connection between your body and your mind that helps you be balanced. And that's important, not just in your running, but in your daily life, um, in your family life, so that you are <laughs> easier to be around <laughs> when you're in balance. Hey, what are you saying what about are you me? Saying? Yeah, yeah, I know. We I both know. take personal offense to that. Uh. Well, I mean, you've, you've, been talk, you've been talking to my kids, haven't you? <laughs> Seriously, the other day I was like, but my kids, I was like, I just let you watch TV. And if you're going to fight about it, then you may not watch TV. Like, you know, because they're fighting about what show to watch. And I was just so incensed. I'm like, this is a treat. If you fight about it, you're going to go up to your room. Uh, I hadn't gotten my, I hadn't gotten my OM on that day. Yeah, obviously. you needed a yoga break. Exactly, <laughs> oh, that's where exactly. that very short home practice can come in really useful because you can do 20 minutes while SpongeBob is on. <laughs> well, and so, and that's another question. I mean, because I do feel like, you know, yoga um, to a degree kind of has this intimidating sheen over it, especially if you do go to a class where you're like, oh, I'm not going to be able to keep up or I'm going to do it all wrong or I don't know the chance or whatever. I mean, is there a wrong way to do yoga? Uh, the wrong way to do yoga is to stop breathing. Okay. <laughs> and that's, a, that's the only way that you're really going to fail. And if you have a teacher that makes you feel like a failure, then you need to find a different teacher. Okay. Now, there are some things that you can do that are going to be harmful to yourself or if you're flowing around the room that could potentially be harmful to the people <laughs> around you. And that is uh, in direct <laughs> contradiction to the principle of non-harming, which is the number one principle in yoga. But really... There's not a right or a wrong way to do things. There's only your experience, and you have to make sure that what you're doing is yielding pleasant results. If it's hurting, then it's wrong. And if you're not breathing, then it's wrong. But otherwise, I understand. It's, it's super intimidating to look at a studio schedule and see all these words in Sanskrit and not understand what they mean and not know if they would be right for you. And especially if you're taking your training seriously, to not know whether they would help to... Um, enhance your training or instead jeopardize the work mm -hmm. that you've been doing with your body, it is super intimidating. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel I feel for all of those who haven't been in a while and look at the list uh, of the schedule and think, what's right for me? And a change, Sarah, in the last 10 years for yoga is that it's gotten much more athletic. Mm. And this is a distinction that I often make with my students who come in with some trepidation to my class, which is called Yoga for Athletes. Mm. And I try to reassure them right away and say, as I teach it, Yoga for Athletes is not athletic yoga. Mm. It's really easy to find a kick-ass vinyasa class <laughs> at you know any, any gym now. Not even yeah. just a studio, but and so that is reducing the practice to a workout, which if it's an entry point for folks, I think is fantastic, but there's so much more to the practice. And for those of us who are already working hard on our running, mm -hmm. it's just adding on more work when mm -hmm. we really need to be focusing on rest or it's focusing on strength and we need to be working flexibility. Mm -hmm. that's, that's so, such an interesting point sorry sorry do you want to finish up I'm, uh, I, I could go on with this for <laughs> <laughs> well, because I think I mean I think it was you that I interviewed for a story for runner's world and we were talking about foam rolling and um mm -hmm. and how like you know you don't want to push it to the point where you're like I can't handle this anymore you know where you're just digging yeah. digging digging on these muscles that have already worked so hard like and then I think that's sometimes how I get in a yoga class because you know, it is. I mean, you know, some sometimes I don't necessarily view yoga as competition, but, you know, you, you'd be lying to say you don't notice what people are doing around you. And can I do that, too? You know? Yep. And that is another reason why home practice is so useful, because you don't have the 18 year old ballerina in front of you. 
to compare yourself with. And her size zero Lululemon shorts. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it's it's <laughs> it's good to work at home. But the the yeah the foam roller. It was me. And yeah, the way that you fail at foam rolling is when you need to use your your Lamaze breathing because you're pushing so hard. <laughs> it's not good, and it goes back to the central theme of balance. So I said yoga is really good for balance in your life, but it's very specifically good for helping you feel balanced in your body. And this is, I try to sell it this way. This is injury prevention right here. And this is really important to not just to runners, but especially to mother runners who've got a lot else going on and maybe don't have the time like a professional runner would to take a nap and get fed and go get a professional massage and then go out for their second run of the day. And we hit the ground and got to keep going until bedtime. So, well, yeah. And I, and I, and I, you know, I mean, I've, I've never really had this, you know, proven scientifically, but I feel like our bodies are so out of whack after giving birth and then hauling around a child on one hip for, you know, a couple of years. And I mean, I just feel like my body is so different than it was, you know, eight years ago before I had a kid, you know? Absolutely. And spending all that extra time sitting behind the wheel of a minivan. <laughs> I, for real, I mean, this, will, this will bring imbalance into your body and all of our running injuries are the result of some kind of imbalance some of it is a front to back imbalance when you're spending four hours a day behind the wheel of your odyssey taking your kids to school and soccer practicing out to dinner and running around some of it is a left right imbalance like you're holding your child exclusively on one side because you're right-handed and you need to use your right hand to unlock the odyssey door um <laughs> And then some of it is uh, a top to balance, a top to bottom imbalance, so that your core is either stronger or weaker than your legs. And all of these imbalances, when you compound them with the number of steps that we take over the course of a training run, can start to bring out overuse injuries in the body. Yoga is really good at letting you both see where the imbalances are and then start to bring the system into better balance. Well, and I, I'll ask a question here and then I'll let Sarah actually um, participate in the podcast. But um, I was looking at your runner's guide to yoga um, right before we got on. And one of the things that I saw that you brought up a couple of times was that one legged test where you kind of do a one legged squat and it is really um, uh, revealing as to what is going on with your body. Right. Can you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. So for the ladies who know yoga at all, it would be like a single-legged utkatasana, which is a chair pose with one leg in front of you. And if you just know training language, just a single-leg squat, you do it in front of a mirror and you can learn a whole lot about the state of your hips, your glute strength, um, issues that may be affecting your knee, either from the hip down or from the foot up. You learn a lot about your balance uh, because you're on one leg and you learn a lot about your core strength too right there. So it's a really useful self-test. And the Runner's Guide to Yoga does go into some um, detail about what you might conclude from watching yourself do that single leg chair pose in front of the mirror. And then some poses that can help you cultivate balance, whether it's a top bottom thing or a right left thing or a hips to feet kind of imbalance. There, there, there's a lot of ways that yoga can help to correct all those. I, I sense that I might fail that test. Real I'm not good <laughs> as long at failure. As you're breathing, Sarah, you will not fail. You will just receive some interesting information. <laughs> you can be open to receiving it, right? You can be open to receiving it and open. being in the present. Yes. Um, and if we could, if we could um, go. Since 2011, BarkBox has been committed to making dogs happy. For humans, BarkBox is a delivery of four to six natural treats and super fun toys curated around a surprise theme each month. For dogs, BarkBox is like the joy of a million belly scratches. 
BarkBoxes include all-natural treats and innovative toys to match a dog's unique needs, including allergies and heavy chewer preferences. Not a phrase I say every day. Dimity's dog Mason, an energetic Weimaraner, is eagerly awaiting his first BarkBox. Dimity let BarkBox know the breed, size, and even name of her dog, as well as the all-important chewing preferences. And now, on the 15th of each month, a new box will get shipped to Mason. Each monthly box is themed, like Country Fair or Brooklyn Hipster, with new and unique toys to keep dogs engaged, interested, and happy. If your pooch doesn't like something in the box, BarkBox promises to send something they'll love, for free, because BarkBox is all about dog happiness. Choose a plan. One, six, or 12-month plans are available. Cancel any time. Free shipping in the continental U.S. For a free extra month when you subscribe to a six- or 12-month plan of BarkBox, visit BarkBox.com dot com slash amr that's barkbox.com slash amr woof thanks to storyworth for supporting our podcast storyworth is a subscription service started by a fellow who wanted families to be able to share their memories and anecdotes with each other here's how it works purchase a storyworth subscription for someone you love and each week storyworth sends that loved one an email with a question about his or her life the person either replies with his or her story via email or records it by phone by calling a storyworth number After a year, the stories are bound in a lovely hardcover keepsake book. My husband Jack and I gifted Storyworth to his dad, and we're especially looking forward to hearing his tales about going to medical school in Dublin, Ireland, which is where Jack was born and spent the first four years of his life. Then we'll share the book with Jack's siblings. For $20 off, visit storyworth.com slash AMR when you subscribe. That's storyworth.com slash AMR. Go back a little bit. You were saying about looking at the um, the schedule of a yoga class and all the Sanskrit words and everything. I mean, my thought is, like, is there any type of yoga that's best for runners? I mean, with all those kind of confusing words and... Yes, and they won't want to hear it, mm. but maybe they will. But most of the type A runners I know would never in a million years take themselves to this class. It's called restorative yoga, <laughs> and nothing happens in it. You lie there on pillows and blankets while the teacher plays soft music and speaks in a yoga voice, and it's fantastic. And it's the single best kind of yoga that a runner or type A stressed out American can do, but it's really tough to sell that to people because it's tough to carve out in 90 minutes to just go lie there, even though the effects are really profound and really positive for your running. You will get faster if you give yourself the opportunity to relax that deeply. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't feel productive though. I mean, that's, and that's, and that's, and I'm, you know, I'm a type A as they come, I might not be a type A runner, but, um, but it's like, you know, if I have so many things to do, you know, yoga is going to be the first to go. And then especially something that is like, oh, lie in bed. Oh, I can do that. <laughs> I can do yeah. that at night for, you know, eight hours a night. So yep. um, and I, yeah, a lot of people would, would probably argue, well, shouldn't I just take a 90 minute nap instead of going to restorative yoga? And for some folks, well, maybe you should, but being able to still <laughs> maintain consciousness and be <laughs> that deeply relaxed is extremely powerful. And it helps you develop some mental skills so that you can um, then actually push harder when you are pushing. So that would be awesome. If I could get folks even just once a month, maybe in the week before or after their peak races to take restorative yoga, I think we could change the the course of history (laughs) by having people relax that deeply. I was in a restorative yoga class. 
In fact, when the idea for my third book, The Athlete's Guide to Recovery, came to me, I wasn't really supposed to be thinking, but I got really relaxed and I thought, <laughs> everybody needs more of this. I should write a book about it. Um, so that would be really great for people. Otherwise, I would love to see athletes start with a basics class that's going to teach them good alignment. In my studio, we have an introductory series called Yoga 101, and I think you can usually find something kind of similar at other studios. It can be tough for someone who feels very strong and comfortable with her body, who self-identifies as an athlete to go and be a beginner at something, but that's the way to learn how to line up your bones and muscles safely so that you don't hurt yourself. Um, it's also a great introduction to the sometimes jargony language mm. of the yoga studio. Um, so a basics class, a beginner class, always really good. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about, I mean, because hot yoga, it's not quite as you know, hot as it was two years ago, but I feel like it's, there's still just prevailing like Bikram and, and, and even just a regular practices in a heated room. I mean, is that something that you recommend for um, people training on a training plan or is that a little bit too much? I will try not to get too um, worked up over this. Too political? We're not asking <laughs> about to Obama me. versus, you know, Mitt Romney. We're just asking <laughs> about hot yoga. I will concede that in the last, um, Two months or so, I've been to a couple of hot classes and I actually really, really enjoyed them. But that was because I knew that I was going there. I went there for a reason. And it it's an intensity that is extremely familiar to the runner. Mm-hmm. And I think that we get plenty of that intensity in our running mm-hmm. and just our lives, traffic, parenting. We get that intensity. Um, I think that for... Somebody in the off-season in Minneapolis, it probably feels really, really, really good. (laughs) To me, here in steamy central North Carolina in the summer, (laughs) it's just – I get that when I walk out the door. Yeah, yeah. You're just just like giving up electrolytes there, right? Yes, exactly. So I think that athletes who are in serious training within, let's call it, eight weeks of a race, it's probably a little bit too intense, if your training isn't you isn't giving you that kind of intensity, then you should just run harder mm-hmm. and you'll get it that way and then you'll get faster. Um, I think that also the heat can generate uh, a false sense of flexibility and it makes it a lot easier to overdo the stretching and you don't realize that you've overdone it until you head out the next day for your run. And then you wonder, why does my hamstring attachment hurt at the sitting bone? What is that feeling? Oh, maybe I just need to stretch that out even more. When in fact, the issue is that you've overstretched. Huh. And when you compound that with the language of the classes, which can sometimes in certain schools be um, kind of drill sergeanty, mm-hmm. and you take that kind of coaching language with an athlete who responds to coaching language, you create this kind of perfect storm of um, a situation where somebody can really push herself too hard. So yeah. I, did, yeah. I don't want to say across the board that a heated room isn't uh, an interesting experience or that hot yoga is bad for runners, but I want folks to be aware of what they're doing when they go into it and also hydrate. <laughs> if they won't let you drink water in there, don't take the class because oh, you're already a- probably dehydrated. Oh my gosh. That sounds like the, you know, the, the people in the, in the, the um, death t- 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 or the teepee out in Arizona. I mean, that sounds oh, kind of yeah, scary. Yeah, yeah. That's, that was sweat lodges. Sweat yeah, the lodges, sweat lodge. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, sweat, yes, it can be just, uh, it can actually be quite lovely and it is a fun challenge and it, Lord knows us runners, we feel great to sweat like that. It's a familiar yes. feeling, but I, I propose that 
a lot of hot yoga is just piling on more intensity when what we need instead to cultivate that primary goal of balance is the restorative yoga instead. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's my, here's my main, here's my hundred thousand dollar question. Will doing yoga make me more flexible? Cause I am just, I'm just as stiff as a board. Yes. Mm. Okay, so. <laughs> a one word answer. Yeah. But, but when I've done, I just, I just go, it, I don't know. I just go in there and I just feel so inadequate. I just feel, you know, like my toes are a million miles away from my fingers. My hips are so closed and I just, it's so hard to get past the hump of even being able to do something that feels productive to then make it so that I feel the class are more productive. Right. Well, I got a couple of responses to that. And a big one is, why do you need to be more flexible? Because I feel that it, that's my imbalances. That like my hips are just, you know, tighter than tight. Your hips are tight because you run and you run well. And you have to have that stiffness mm-hmm. for efficient energy transfer to the ground. Mm-hmm. So it's not bad to be tight around your hips. Mm-hmm. It is bad to be so tight that things start to hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I but don't have that. There's no rule that says that you need to be able to touch your toes in order to be good at yoga or flexible enough or to be a good runner or a good woman or a good mother or a good partner. It's just some people have longer arms and longer hamstrings and they can touch their toes no problem and others can't. So the the idea that there is an ideal of flexibility that we're working toward, I think is a red herring. And instead, we just need to have enough flexibility so that we can go through our daily routine without pain and without bringing stress into the tissues because we are inflexible. So yeah, I, gotta, I would I, argue I, I, that you've got to wait, let me just say, I would, I would say you are, I mean, your body, as much as you kind of complain about it, you have not been injured for 25 years of running with minus one hump of plantar fasciitis, one speed bump. So, I mean, yeah. you know, to try and overhaul things, I think at this point is uh, no, I know, probably but I, not what I would do. Yeah, I mean, you. you you pointing that out, plus I, I literally felt a sense of liberation while Sage was telling me that, that, that because <laughs> I just, I mean, honestly, like I, it was like a weight just like left my body and just started flying toward the ceiling of the studio. <laughs> that, that Because I just feel every, you know, in, in strength training class and, and when I go to yoga, I just always feel like I'm apologizing for my tight, tight hamstrings that I feel are about, you know, as long as my pinky. And, you know... Like, I'm going to stop apologizing for it. These are You're my okay, hamstrings. just yeah. as you are. I You're am. perfect just as you I are. I am, Sarah. I am, I am. You are. <laughs> well, so, yoga, so love you, and light. But you are. One... And, and there's a reason why your hamstrings are that tight. And it's because you do what you love when you run. And it makes them tight. And they have to be tight to make you a good runner. You just don't want them so tight that they are ready to snap or mm-hmm. that they pull something else out of balance. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm good then. Okay, I'll see y'all later. Bye. <laughs> so, Sage, I want, I want, um, I would love for you to just give us like top three easy moves, and maybe just explain them quickly in case people aren't familiar with them for for somebody who's just come home from a run and just wants to, you know, just get a little taste of yoga. Sure, absolutely. Um, the first thing that I often do when I finish is to take a squat. <laughs> Sometimes I do it while I'm running too, but at the end. <laughs> uh, to squat down because you get the whole back 
Your low back gets a release when you squat. You stretch your hips, your glutes get a release when you squat. You stretch your quads, which feels really nice. And when I'm saying squat here, I mean like knees wide kind of squat. Although sometimes I also do like knees inside my elbows squat. Mm. And the squat gets into my lower legs in a way that feels really, really fantastic after I've been running. So that feels... But your bottom is pretty close to the ground, right? Mine is, but yours might not be. And your heels might not be down. And there's a whole lot that goes into where people wind up anatomically okay. in a squat, but just squat in a way that feels good. It, but it should be comfortable. It shouldn't be like it should be really comfortable. No. It should feel great. And if there's like a fence post or I'm looking out my front door at my railing here for my banister out there, I could like squat down and put my hands around one of the rails in the banister and lean back a little bit. Mm. That intensifies the stretch a little bit, works the back a little bit more. And I could even twist from there. So I could keep one hand on that pole and open the other arm out behind me and look toward that raised arm behind me. And then that gets my, my chest and it works a twist around my spine. feels really, really good. Mm. So there's number one. Um, Number two, I think, would be to lie down on the floor, which is always nice. Cross the knees, a tight cross, like you've got to pee. Knee to knee, inner thighs together. And then drop the knees to the side of the bottom leg. So when you have your right leg over your left leg, you're dropping your knees over to the left. And the arms come off in a T position, although you can play with that too. So there you get a stretch for your IT band on the right. And (laughs) this is how I say this in class. If you don't know what your IT band is, that's fantastic. (laughs) It means you haven't had problems with it, but it's the, the thick sheath of connective tissue that runs along the outer edge of the leg, interfaces with the quads in the front and the hamstrings in the back. And it's really critical to our balance and fluid movement as runners. So you can stretch it in this reclining twist. You also stretch up around the muscles of the outer hip on the top leg. And then you get the stretch for the chest, for the shoulders. It's really relaxing. So that's a really good, good place to stay and breathe. And then number three is Dimity's favorite, getting your legs up the wall or oh, up the back of the um, sofa or even just lying on the floor in the living room and putting your calves on the coffee table is really nice. If you do it with your legs straight, then you'll get a hamstring stretch, which is kind of good multitasking. Again, you get opening for your chest, which is nice because it can get tight if you tense up when you run and you start to run with your uh, hands up a little bit higher in front of your throat. You know, this kind of T-Rex look that we get. Kind of like <laughs> sure. We want to we undo that. And legs up the wall is a nice place to do that because with your butt almost to the baseboard and your head toward the middle of the room, you can spread your arms out in a T or a W like um, cactus arms or up overhead like the signal for touchdown in football. Mm-hmm. And this makes a really nice way to get through the range of pectoralis muscles and open the whole front of the chest. This is just a fantastic move. Plus, getting the legs up gives you a really gentle inversion. So you go out and run on a hot summer day here in central North Carolina. You come back and your ankles look like you're eight months pregnant. It's really <laughs> nice to get your feet up and let some of that junk drain back down, get recirculated. It's really restorative and lovely. You know what, Sage? I, I, I love so many things about you, but how doable and and, you know, kind of simple and um, delicate almost that you make all of this seem like you, I just feel like you've helped demystify and just simplify it all. So it's, I don't know, I, feel, I just feel very liberated by what you've said to us. So thank you. That's touching. Um, and we actually have to wrap it up. But thank you so should, much. Should and we do I, three rounds of ohm to thank her. <laughs> <laughs> Namaste, Sage. Uh, Namaste, yeah. y'all. <laughs> Thanks. So I have to say the one thing I, I meant to give her credit for, which I say a lot at um, race talks, is how to do a negative split, how to run a negative split. We always say, 
run your first half as slow, you know, am I going slow enough thinking, am I going slow enough? And the second half of the race, am I going fast enough? And I read that um, when she was writing about Big Sur and I often credit her during the talk and I meant to, um, you know, give her props. Give her bammer to bammer props, but I wasn't able to do that. But anyway, so you can the, – the, the good news is that you can catch her um, whole class stream live at yogavibes, V-I-B-E-S dot com. And she said they also have shorter segments, so like 15, 20-minute segments where you can go in and get your hamstrings worked or whatever you need to do. So definitely check that out. She's also got some really short videos on runnersworld.com. So plenty of places to see Sage if you can't make it to – humid North Carolina. And and where can you find us? You can find us on Facebook at Run Like a Mother the Book, on our website, anothermotherrunner.com, and on Twitter at Dimity on the Run and at SBS on the Run. And namaste. We will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.